Uh, hello, patrons. It's Rose, and this is the bonus podcast, which has been quiet recently. Uh, we have been working on stuff, but I'm here now. A very special episode that is all about television. So today, the day that this episode is hitting your feeds, which is June 21st, 2022, is the official launch date of a new Netflix show called The Future Of, which is a show about the future, which is probably obvious. Um, so every episode of the show is a topic. So the future of dogs, the future of skyscrapers, the future of headphones, the future of death, um, et cetera, et cetera. And they each spin out into a sort of more and more out there idea about what might happen in the future. And this bonus episode is going to give you some behind the scenes information about what it was like working on that show because I did that, as did the other people who are here uh, on this call with me. So um, Ozzy Linus Goodman, Sava Zaheli Singh, and Tim Mon were all part of making the show in our little writer's room of sorts. Um, so we're going to talk about what the show was like, highs, lows, things that did not make the show, things we learned. Um, but first, let's do some introductions. So you know Ozzy, obviously. They have worked with me on Flash Forward for years now. Um, but Tim and Sava... I think Tim has been on the show, and Sava, have you been on Flash Forward before? I have not. Oh, Got to fix that. Outrageous. This is my first time. I'm very excited. <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> um, so let's do a quick <laughs> intro. So Tim and Sava, can you just do like quick intros for yourselves, who you are, what you do? Hey, I'm Tim, Tim Morn. Um, I'm a science fiction author and occasional journalist, and I use fiction help people and organizations and companies and stuff uh, think about the future. Hi, um, I'm Sava. I'm very excited to be here. Long time listener, first time appearance. Um, uh, I'm a, an interdisciplinary scholar and academic based in Canada. I'm currently um, looking at things that deal with critical digital literacy and getting people to understand how technology works and how it impacts their lives. So I'm also um, an, an, a filmmaker by accident. Um, and I've made um, a series of films talking about surveillance in the world. And the series is called Screening Surveillance. And I am continuing that work in various forms, which I will reveal over time. So at some point soon, we'll get to officially announce, but not quite about your next move. So I'm excited <laughs> yes. about that. Um, so, so I'll, I'll start by talking a little bit about how we all got involved in this show. Um, so, uh, last year, um, the folks at The Verge called me and they were like, Hey, we're working on this show. It's about the future. We're looking for help kind of writing episode treatments, figuring out what the topics of the episodes are going to be, what the arc of the episodes are going to be. And at first I was like skeptical of taking it on. Um, I've always wanted to do a flash forward show, but this isn't a flash forward show, right? Like they had the framework, they had the show kind of in mind already. And so I was not sure if I wanted to really do a show that was about the future, but that wasn't flash forward. Um, so I came back to them kind of with an offer that I thought they would say no to. I was like, I will do this if you pay me a lot of money and allow me to bring on a bunch of people and pay them a lot of money in a writer's room. And I you know that move you do sometimes where you're like, I, they're going to say no to this, so I might as well just like ask for something big. And then they were like, sure, great. <laughs> and so then I got to think about who I wanted in the room. And it was very easy to immediately think of Tim and Sava and Ozzy. Um, obviously, Ozzy knows Flash Forward better than anybody. And I've wanted to work with Tim and Sava on something for a million years. And so uh, it was very easy to like see and we were very fortunate they were available to do it. So 
that is how we started working on the show. And the original kind of scope was for us to come in and give them episode ideas and episode treatments, sort of like, here's what the episode could be. Here are some of the people you might be able to talk to, but here's kind of like how we imagine it. Um, and uh, I I talked a big game in these phone calls with the Vox executives. I was like, I'll run the writer's room. It's going to be great. Have I ever run a writer's room before? Absolutely not. No idea what I'm doing. Um, and in fact, the first day we had a showrunner, uh, Michael John Warren, who was the original showrunner for the show. Um, and uh, I thought he would run the writer's room because he was the showrunner, but it turned out to be my job. And so the day, first day of our writer's room, our first like call, which we did on Zoom because it was pandemic times. Um, and also we don't all live in the same place. Um, I was literally Googling like how to run writer's room. Like, and so I had like all these tabs open where I'd read all these like articles about how to run a writer's room. And I forgot that I had those up and I shared my screen at some point on that first day to like show somebody something. And I realized that like, if you had looked closely, you would see all these tabs that were literally very clearly me Googling how to run writer's room. <laughs> it was mortifying. I think nobody noticed, or if you all did, you didn't tell me. <laughs> nobody said that. I don't remember didn't that, notice. so <laughs> I don't think I noticed. We did not notice, but I wish I had now. Yeah. Um, I feel like if y'all had noticed, I wouldn't have minded, but if like the actual showrunner had noticed that like this person had like <laughs> these tabs open. Um, but uh, the writer's room was really fun. And a lot of it was like us just like coming up with weird. Well, it was fun for me. Uh, a lot of it was just us coming up with like really weird ideas and trying to kind of like one up each other in a way of like, what about this and this and that? Um, but I guess maybe I the first thing we can talk about is like what it was like for y'all to be in those rooms and like what you what that experience was like for you. It's funny you said about like one upping each other and stuff because we did do that in a kind of fun way i'd never been in a writer's room before so it's the first one i had been in right i'd always been really intimidated about joining writer's rooms for that reason because I, I i just don't I, I kind of stray away from collaborating on big projects sometimes because i don't like how competitive it can be and i don't know how competitive it can make me to be honest right you know what i mean i get that like kind of like fomo kind of professional fomo am i doing enough kind of thing scratching at the back of my head and then i worry about you know being an asshole as a result of it just trying to just trying to well everybody just competing and not getting the best result because everybody's trying to repeat i think this was the opposite of that it was just such a nice and pleasant experience and just I looked forward to it every day. Do you know what I mean? It was great. And we, we really didn't have that vibe going on, which is really nice. God, it's making us sound really obnoxious, but it's true. I, <laughs> like, when we got the call this morning, it was like, oh, Rose, because I haven't talked to you for months. And 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 it was just it was just really nice having that routine and checking in with you guys every day. Um, yeah, so, no, it was good. It was good. It was, it was much healthier and much more rewarding and satisfying than I expected it to be. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rose, for your good, your skills. <laughs> I did think at, a lot about this, Your actually. skills at Googling how to run a, run a, <laughs> run a writer's room. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. Well, honestly, all of the results were not helpful. They were like, <laughs> honestly, many of them were people like actually telling stories about like the worst writer's rooms. Because like there are these like horror stories you hear or I had never heard before, but I guess they are like canonical in if you are a person who is a television person of like, what these various sh iconic shows and the like the culture of the writer's room and that competitive nature and like the people really are like cutthroat because 
if your idea gets it in, gets into the show, that's like a, it's us all the status stuff. And so I did spend some time trying to think about like how to not have that be the case because I am not interested in that kind of energy and also like refuse to believe that that actually creates the best product despite what like people love to say. Um, I think it helped that like, A, we all kind of know each other from before. We all respect each other. And also like, I don't know, the reason I wanted to bring all three of you in is like the fundamental philosophy that we all share is like, even when we are skeptical and like somewhat nihilistic about the future, like committed to doing better and committed to like wanting things to be better and believing that they actually could be if we were to like work in certain ways. Um, and that it's like kind of a like commitment to collaboration, both in the project, but also like for the future. Right. Like, and I think that helped, right. To kind of, it wasn't hard. There were, I mean, like there are always moments of tension, right. Like we would fight about stuff like that is that that did happen. But I feel like knowing that we are all committed to the same philosophy already kind of gave us a head start versus like the cutthroat, like, I don't care about anything except getting my name on this television show, which was like not any of our vibe, it felt like. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've worked in collaborative kind of groups in academia, obviously. And there's always that sense of like, unfortunately, everyone is looking at things as a way to further their career or get their name out there or something like that. There's always something involved. And that's like, the structure and the system that's forcing us to behave certain ways to be like, wait, this is going to help my whatever profile or tenure file. And, and it was, it was nice to be in a room where in some ways, none, like this was helping us professionally, but not in the area that we were doing the work, like, you know, in terms of television and stuff like that. So I think that took some of the edge off because the four of us were like, all right, we think about this stuff and we like talking about it and we like imagining better futures and all of that. And so to come together and like kind of do that, it was fun without without that thing hanging over us being like, oh my God, this is gonna, you know, get me a career in television or whatever. We weren't gunning for that kind of stuff, right? It was fun to work on it. It was kind of, yes, there's a certain, I guess, prestige attached to working on a Netflix show and a bird show and all of that and say, and that felt good being like yeah this seems like a real project with you know people are going to see it we're going to be able to contribute to something that might be good in the world so I think we all came with that as well um and honestly Rose you ran the writers room really well I did not feel like I was competing with anyone I felt like we made space for everyone to be heard um I felt like there were times when there were frustrations, not just with us, because we had other people popping in and out, right? And and we had like feedback loops and people saying things. And it was nice to come together and be like, okay, we all agree that that feedback was not helpful or whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so it felt like we were together against this other thing that was trying to kind of curtail maybe our creativity. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying things, but it felt like we were a group working together to achieve this together. And, and that felt really good. I really appreciated that we did that and that all of you made me feel that way. Do you know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I had also never been in a writer's room before. And like, as especially as like the youngest, like earliest career person in the room, I felt like you did a really good job, Rose, of like, and everyone did a good job, honestly, of just like making it a very collaborative environment where I felt like I could say my weird ideas and they would be appreciated. <laughs> we love your weird ideas. <laughs> Uh, tree skyscraper is a an Aussie idea. Tree skyscraper, which became an episode. Wow! Yeah, I'm really excited to see the final one of that. Honestly, I actually just my sister is traveling in Singapore right now, and she just sent me. They were visiting the like 
mega trees that they have there, which I feel like was one of our visual inspirations for that. And I was like, oh my God, like send more photos of this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Singapore really feels like it's just the future. Like you're just, you're stepping into the future in like good and bad ways, right? Like it feels like both, both versions. Yes, um, definitely. Um, I guess, you know, one of the things I think, I think Sava, your point about like us against kind of like some of the outside factors is is very real because like we're all on the same page about a lot of things even when we disagreed it was like within the scope of like kind of having the same philosophy about what the future could be but also what the show could be um and one of the big things that I think I learned from this project is I think any television show is got has just got so many more people working on it than any other project that I've ever worked on right like flash forward is tiny when you're writing your own projects even when you're working on teams like for client work it's usually like a couple people, right? It's not this huge kind of landscape of like producers and editors and showrunners and like production people. And then there's the animation team and like, there's just a lot more moving parts. Um, and so it did sort of feel like, you know, we worked hard to create like the most pure vision, but then did have to kind of hand it off to other people who maybe either weren't in the room. And so like, of course they don't know like all the conversations that happened to get us to a certain point or just don't have the background in the future or just have different ideas like about what that could be and what it should be and all of that. Um, and it was definitely a test in of like collaborative patience to sort of like try and find a middle ground between our version of the future and like, frankly, what is palatable to like a global Netflix audience, which is not always going to be the same thing, you know? Um, we talked a lot. One of the big points of tension, especially early on between our group and the like powers that be Netflix, The Verge at all, um, was around this question of the word predictions. Do you remember when we like the first couple weeks that we really fought hard? I don't know that we won. <laughs> I think we just beat them down into like pretending like we won because in all of the, I don't know if you've noticed, but in all of their press releases, they use the word predictions for the show. <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, hard. so we had these calls uh, the first couple of weeks where they really wanted the show to be predicting the future. And that is like not a thing that any of us really ever say that we can or will do. Um, and so we really tried to push them on like possibilities. Like these are options. These are things that could happen. Like, you know, not not using the word um, prediction. And I think at one point I actually banned the word prediction from the writer's room because the, the Michael John Warren, our showrunner, kept using it. And then later Chris, the other showrunner, Chris Grosso. Um, and I, I guess it, I'm curious, like, were there other for you all like that sticks out to me as like a, a moment of like a, an example of some of the, the disconnect sometimes between our room and like everybody else. But were there other examples of things that like it felt like we had to kind of like try and push them on in terms of like the philosophy of the future or the show? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that was and, and some of it's still in the show in, in some ways Um I really liked, you know, early on, we kind of established this kind of pattern, this kind of format for the show, where it was like they wanted us to predict or speculate about um, um, on different timescales, sort of like a near future. Like, the, say we're doing the future of dogs, right? So what was the future of dogs in, like, 20 or 30 years? And then what was the future of dogs in, like, 50 or 70 years or whatever? We never really sort of had set dates, which I think was a good thing to do. Um, but we had had this kind of, we had this kind of model where, 
because they didn't want us to be negative, right? They didn't want us to write in this dystopian kind of fiction. Um, we had this model where in the near future, things might not be great, right? So with the dogs thing, the near future thing was, I think, we learn how to communicate with dogs to a limited extent. And the first thing we find out is that dogs aren't very happy being dogs currently. And, and that was kind of negative. And then, but the further future, positive future out from that was that we changed how we have a relationship with dogs as a result of this. Like we learned from dogs and other pets that we we have this magical ability to communicate with suddenly. And then and and you know, and then so that the world's better. We had this format for like every treatment we did, and, and some of that's in there in the final show, but some of it has kind of it's been watered down and not spelled out quite specifically in that in most episodes. And that that to me is a little bit of a, that's a bit of a shame. I think, I, I wish, I think the show, you know, we'd, it'd, be, it'd be interesting for people to keep that. But the ideas are still there, right? Like that idea about dogs is still there. It's just not spelled out. It's not just not got that slightly more pessimistic tone. It was, it, it was a shame because I really think that's nice, man, because it's like, oh, it's a problem that we have to solve, right? And, and that's really what future, that's what foresight, what I, my my kind of foresight practice when when I'm talking about future for people is is about like well these are problems coming down the line, right? It's not negative. It's not being pessimistic. It's um, the things that are easy to predict. To actually, if you do want to predict, my my experience are, 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 are large trends, and they're not particularly positive large trends at the moment, right? It's like, you know late stage capitalism and economic collapse, right? And 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 the end of the fucking environment. You know these aren't like you know they're not cheery things, but with that kind of approach we had was kind of interesting where we, we, we got to more positive place in the far future. Um, hopefully people see that in the show. I've not watched all the episodes yet myself, so uh, I don't know what they're all like. I have seen all of them and have you? Yeah, I, I watched, I did. I watched a final cut of all of them, except for the one episode, which we can talk about, which we pulled our endorsement from and we have nothing right. to do with. <laughs> yes. It is in the trailers that I'm meant to retweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll say like, you know, we had we had done an episode. We had written a, a treatment for an episode about the future of vacations. One of the big things that they really, really wanted, and we knew this from the beginning going in, is that they wanted the show to have a positive vibe. And that was, as Tim said, like a struggle of like, you can have positive, but you also like need to recognize reality. Like you need to recognize like what the problems are. And there are ways to do so in which you still end up in a really positive place, right? Where you're like, here are all these problems. And like, we can solve them actually. Like that's great. Um, but that was always a tension of like people really didn't want anything that was too depressing, which is a thing we went back and forth about a lot with the other teams outside of us just around like being realistic what counts as being too depressing, right? Like how, how, who gets to decide what is a downer and what is just like reality. Um, but the treatment that we wrote for future vacations wound up being um, turned into space vacations. And this is something that we've covered on Flash Forward. All of us have pretty strong opinions about that are relatively negative, which is like that this is for billionaires and this is like, you know, another form of colonization is just like not really something we can make a super positive episode about. Like we could have made a space vacations episode, but it wouldn't have been in the like positive, upbeat, exciting tone that they wanted. And so we wound up, our names are not on that episode. So there are 12 episodes. We are involved in 11 of them, <laughs> um, which was a really interesting conversation to have with the, when I sort of went to the, you know, powers that be and was like, 
no harm, no foul. We're not mad. We just don't want our names on that. Like, I understand that you've, I understand all the reasons you've made this decision. And I understand that like, you need to make a show and this is where you've come to and whatever, but like, we don't want to be involved. Um, which was a whole, I had many phone calls, <laughs> many people calling me being like, what's happening? Um, but it was an interesting moment to kind of be like, this is one of the ones where we're actually going to like put our foot down and say that like, we can't in good faith endorse this idea. And I think that's a lot easier for the reason that Sava mentioned, which is that like, none of us are angling to have this be our like entry into Hollywood. And so it's easier for us to kind of be like, nope. Like, we're going to walk away from this one. Like, and if that means that, like, we might not get the call for, like, the next show, like, okay, <laughs> like you know, like, that's fine. Um, but, yes, so you, I think I can't remember if Space Vacations is in the first because they're coming out. Six of them are on the 21st and six of them are on the 28th. And I don't remember which block Space Vacations is in, but it'll be there. But you'll note I don't I that's the one I have not seen uh, because I was like, if we're going to pull ourselves, I don't want. I want zero to do with any of it. Like, I don't want to see it. I don't want you to ask me questions about it. I don't want emails about it. Like, uh, I, I think I just I just wanted to comment on what both you and Tim were talking about in terms of like, you know, because all of us here are very critical about where we are right now and where things look to be going. And it, I know that at the beginning of the show, when we were talking and discussing how it was, I know that I personally bristled a little at being forced into making positive futures because I'm like, wait, no, nothing looks positive right now. Um, but I understood, you know, we like you said, it was a negotiation with them. And I think, Rose, you did a really great job of kind of saying like, all right, we're willing to give you those, you know, the the aspiration. I think that was a word that they bandied about a lot. Yes, like, aspirational, aspirational, yeah. They wanted it to be aspirational. They wanted it to be, I think, agency was the other big word agency, that they liked that's a lot. Right. Yeah. They wanted people to feel like they had agency in the future. And we're like, okay, they can once they do all of this other stuff. Right. And we, you know, I'm glad that we were able to, and you had a lot to do with kind of shaping that, that we were able to kind of sneak in that stuff, saying, like, all right, you want an aspirational, happy future, you got to deal with all this other stuff first. So I think, you know, I haven't seen all of the final things either. And I hope to see, I, I keep telling people that I, I'd like to think that we managed to sneak in some of those ideas to get people to be like, I want this, but I guess I have to do this other thing before I get there. Um, so I'm glad we were able to do a little bit of that because I think, you know, especially Tim, I shouldn't speak for you, but, but Tim and I both, we don't get invited to parties anymore because we're just like <laughs> such downers about stuff. Um, and I, and I want to say like, maybe like this experience made us you know, kind of made us also be like, all right, we can't stay in the downer area. Like what, what happens next? How can we, we understand that this is bad, but we have to start thinking more about how can we make this bad thing better and what that takes. Of course, it's a different matter that people don't always want to do that. The stuff that needs to move us from the bad place to the good place. Um, but we hope that people will. <laughs> well, and also like, much of a lot of the things that people would have to do to get us to the positive future, like isn't fun television, right? It's like collective action and organizing and like all these things that are like not sexy on a t TV show. And that was another, I think, point of tension that we often had, which was like, not everything has a tech fix. Not everything has like a cool device that you can invent that like fixes it. And I think similar to like Sava, you were saying like a lot of sneaking. And I think like, I will say, you know, Sava, you were the, I think, most sort of like vocal and in a good way about like forcing the issue of like 
we cannot just have this be a show about pieces of technology that make the world better, right? Like, you know, and saying like, no, if if we're going to do this, like we have to at least have one sentence in there about like, you know, uh, like people and workers and, and whatever. And there were whole, I mean, there were whole topics that we actually decided not to do episodes on because we knew that the kinds of change that our team would have come up with to make the world better was just never going to get past the sort of folks at The Verge or Netflix. Um, work being one. Remember, we spent like weeks talking about the future of work and it all kept coming back to collective action and unions and all that stuff. And that just was like never going to fly with Netflix. And it became very clear very quickly. And finally, we were just like, we should just not do an episode about this because similar to space vacations, like none of us are comfortable doing an episode in which like remote work is the future of work. And like, yay, you know, like we're not like, we're just not going to do that. Um, so there were places that I think we had to kind of just be like, you know what, like pick our battles a little bit. Like we can, some of these episodes, I think we can win and like put those things in. And some of the topics we're just never going to be able to have that work out for us. And so we'll just like justice was another one. Remember we spent a long time, they, they had given us a list at the beginning of the topics they wanted to do. Um, and justice was one of them. And I, we spent a while talking about it and finally we're just like, this is not one that we're going to touch just because like, it's not, it's not going to, there's too much of a gap between our version of that future and like what is sort of palatable to like a Netflix executive um, on that front. Um, the one that, I, the one that we lost that, that actually uh, I struggled with the most losing was recycling. That was the one that, that, that got me. Cause I thought we came up with this amazingly positive kind of real pie in the sky solution to like, plastic recycling and stuff and part of it was that you'd have to do a lot more recycling in the future but the other part of it was and i did i brought but i have to credit a friend of mine uh, like liam young who's a collaborator of mine filmmaker in la it was actually one of his ideas from years ago that we'd been talking about which was where you'd have this instead of buying stuff from amazon and you having all this packaging whenever you bought something you would have this fleet of drones that bought you stuff when you needed it so example like you were putting a picture up on your wall or something and you didn't have a drill and those of us who are desperate and lazy we go on amazon and we hit next day delivery and a, and a drill comes the next day this was different you hit a different app and a different button and the drone brought you a drill to your house and then you use this drill to put a photo up and uh, put a picture up and then the drone came back and took it and took it to the next person that needed a drill to this weird drill warehouse that thing so it was this kind of like for everyday stuff that you needed there was this automatic delivery like a tool sharing library or but for all sorts of things i thought that was really cool and i thought it was really positive and it was using technology to do like this really positive change but the feedback came that it, it was too lecturing because we were making people do work yeah. about recycling and stuff and i get it i get i understand that but but that that was that stung a little bit for me i knew we weren't going to get work through and we really gave it a good try and we knew at every stage it was going to happen because our thing was like basically what's the future work join a fucking union was that right do you know what i mean it was yeah was kind of it was more interesting than that because we had kind of platforms for organizing and we had um people using algorithmic management to to who people who are working less who might be on ubi but they were also doing stuff in the community and mutual aid projects and this was kind of we were taking the, the idea was to take the gig economy 
infrastructure, which is so oppressive and, and exploits people. We use the same, same technology, the platforms and the algorithms to help people to say, actually, you know, you can go and volunteer and do work here and it'll actually be helpful. Why don't you just turn it up at the dog center like I would, you know, the dog rescue. No, I want to help the dogs because I love dogs, right? No, actually, Tim, there's some work that you can do with your skills and it's over here. And that sort of thing was like, you know, really like, I thought it was really cool, but we knew we weren't going to get anywhere with that one. But yeah, the recycling one, I was a bit disappointed. I remember we touched on like climate resiliency. We touched on like working in the neighborhood. We touched on some really cool, like community-based like ideas and, and, and kind of people wouldn't have to work every day. You could work, you know, we, I think we solved the problem for the world and it was kind of sad that we couldn't put it out there, right? Like I, you know, I feel like we were just like, yes, this is a thing we can, we can make it really better, like work together. And it was, it was weird. I, I, I kept feeling like they wanted it focused on individual living in your little thing, doing individual things within having agency. And it's weird because to me, I'm just like, imagine giving people agency to like help solve the climate problem and you know stuff like that and it, it is it, yeah i i agree with tim that was that was sad i think we, we we had some really good ideas for that episode and it's sad to have that go and maybe it will resurface somewhere else yeah 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 ozzy did you have an idea that like didn't make it in that you are like r.i.p to your shoplifting um, idea i mean yes mostly the <laughs> shoplifting idea which i think that was one that might have come out of the justice thing and we still weren't sure if we were going to do like something about policing um it was basically an idea that was like it would be eventually the far future is like it would become legal to steal from rich people um because of this specific technology but like we just knew that we were never going to get that past them obviously um but i did have a fun time creating that i also was just going to say i feel like a lot of like with the recycling idea as well i think maybe part of the pushback that we got was like it was going to be a box and then that was like too much like this other box that we had in the food episode which is about cheeseburgers but I feel like like a lot of the show is about technology and so a lot of times we would like come up with this really cool idea that we really liked and then we just sort of be like what's like a technology we could make up that would let us talk about this um and then yeah often it was just like a box that does the thing that we like think would be cool <laughs> Yeah, well, the recycling episode turned into a fashion episode, and it is a, like, environmentally sustainable fashion, like, a box that prints your clothes out of sort of biodegradable material. Um, and, yeah, it was one of those moments where, like, when we knew we weren't going to get the, like, full recycling thing, we had to kind of, like, come up with what is a way to use a lot of the things that we, like, researched around, like, biomaterials and kind of like these ways that you could build things that aren't so long lasting in the environment, but like package it in such a way that like an LA person would be excited about it. <laughs> and we're like fashion. <laughs> um, so we covered a little bit, I think of this question that I had, but I guess maybe a less, like we talked about like the, the sort of big ideas that we wanted in the show that maybe didn't make it, but are there any smaller, like weirder things that we are like, Oh, it was so fun to talk about, but we didn't, that didn't make it in the show. For me, the thing that comes to mind is President Dog. <laughs> we There is an episode. I think the first episode is about dogs. And as Tim said, it's about what if you could talk to your dog? And then it becomes kind of about like animal communication. What would it be like if we could actually understand animals? Um, as part of that conversation, obviously the logical conclusion to that is that a dog becomes elected president. 
Uh, and so President Dog has become kind of like, or became very early on, like a running joke within the show, as a well mas- as... A, it's like a mascot. That's how yeah. I think of it. <laughs> well, there are mayor, there are dog mayors. I, I don't see how different it would be, really. I, the, the thing about President Dog was, I was deadly serious about it as well. Like, I, what I wanted it to be was, you know, in the midterm future it was we learned to start communicating with dogs and then the far future got better much better communicating with other species and all i wanted it to be was like the final shot of the show would be like this guy or someone had come home was talking to their dog put the tv on and it was just like a press conference and the, the dog was president dog gives press conference and that was it and that was it and that, i didn't want any more than that so it's a shame we didn't get that one. basically we have to create just that one scene for tim to yeah. satisfy him that's what i'm going to get you for your birthday yes. like just an animation <laughs> you're, that you're, you're laughing at now call it a joke for 10 years man <laughs> put it put your money on well, it I, the other thing I was thinking about that we did not get to do in the show, which was my original vacations idea, but we did get to do for Flash Forward, was Shrinking Humans. Yes. Um, so that was one that we like eventually did get to do in a different form. But yes, that they they didn't. Um, it, I guess we just we never really pitched that for vacations. There's no real scientific way for that to happen. But unfortunately, I just think it's fun. Yeah, just so unfortunately. Honestly, shows lost flash forwards game because that was a great episode. <laughs> I think one of the other things, is, you know, because we approached a lot of these things as how can we solve these problems for larger communities and make it a communal kind of problem, I mean, um, solution as well. Um, one of the things that I remember was we we tried really hard to make sports a weird social communal thing. And it was like, in concept, I think it was a lot of fun because it was like, everyone's a sports person now and we're all like connected in this way. And 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 I don't think anybody got what that was about. It was just like, it was so outside of sports in, in how most people conceptualize what sports can and is and all of that stuff. So I think that, that, that was like a weird like side thing we went on for a little while and then came back from. That was the wildest thing because I don't know anything about sport. I have zero interest in sport. Uh, I think actually Sava, Sava liked sport more than me. And and like she had this idea and then I ran with it and I didn't know what I was doing because I don't shit about sport, man. I don't watch. <laughs> and it, the idea was, it was a really, it was, it was a pretty good idea. It was the idea was that anybody could become a soccer star by, just by playing. You had this software that watched you play soccer. And you would upload, like, you know, in the you go to the park and have a kick around with your mates kind of thing. Sorry, I'm British. That's what, what we say about football. You go, to, you go to the park and have a kick around with your mates. And you would, someone would be filming it on their phone or whatever and then upload it to this website. And this website would analyse, using existing technology that's used, right, to analyse uh, professional sportsmen, sports people. It would, it would like, analyze how good you were and perform your rank. I think what we were like, trying to do with that as well was kind of tap into... Um, some of the ways in which the fallacy of how social media allows everyone to have a chance at being a star, right? Like, which is just like all those exceptions of people being found on like TikTok or Instagram or something suddenly becoming huge stars. Like everyone can do that. And we were kind of, I think at least in my mind, I was trying to play with that being like, what if that were true? Like, what if we really made it in some way weirdly equitable where anyone who plays sports anywhere you might be like really good and play in like the alley in Ottawa behind my house how would you get 
discovered. And this would be one of the ways that we could rank everybody in the world against everybody else. It was weird. It was it was kind of a huge idea that couldn't like couldn't take seed very, you know, in, in a particular way. So I get it. But it was kind of fun to play around with that a little bit. I will say, I think unless things have changed since I saw the last cut I saw of the sports episode, I think Mecca LeBron is in it. I think that there is a reference to yes. LeBron. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that was our second kind of in-joke, right? Like, ah, oh, man, yeah. And LeBron was a Saba idea. Basically, you it replace was. every part of LeBron until he becomes LeBron and he plays forever. And that's basically... We just escalated. Yeah, we escalated into like, you, and you end up with LeBron during the time of President Dog. It was great. Exactly. <laughs> um, the other one that comes to mind of things that didn't make it in that we talked a lot about was around music and the headphones conversation um, and sort of like, do you focus on, and this goes back, I mean, like Sava, you mentioned this, that they really wanted as much as possible for the solutions that existed in the show to be personal, like agency questions of like, what can you do, right? Like, what can you personally do? And like all of us here, I think are on the same page around like, sure, there are things that a person can and should do, but like individual agency is not necessarily the lever by which vast important changes are made. Um, And so that was a a thing we sort of navigated a lot. But um, our episode about the future, we have an episode about the future of headphones, which initially was going to be about the future of music. And Tim had this really cool idea of like stickers that you could stick on things that became speakers. Um, and like what that would be make, creating a whole new type of music and like all this stuff. And Tim, you're like very into music. And so you had a lot of opinions. I feel like that was actually the episode that maybe we fought about the most. Um, only because yeah, you have so. a lot of opinions about music. And I was I'm just a, like trying I'm to get a, it done. I'm a... <laughs> When it when it comes to music, um, Sav will tell you, so I'm a complete dick about it, and um, I'm a real. He's snob. an asshole. Even, I am. Yeah. I am. Someone's got to be man. No, but I'm 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 a real snob about music, you know, and 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 I'm like very, you know, anti Spotify and anti corporate stuff, and you know, I come from an era when record labels, small independent record labels, were very exciting, and that's where a lot of stuff happened. Um, but yeah, now my I did because we've got to. We've got to this contact. We, I think that's in the show, right? Is it in the show where headphones eventually become like this sticker mm-hmm. that you stick on the back of, behind your ear on your skull, and you use vibrations to pump music into your skull and into your ear canal that way, which is a technology that exists. You can buy a cyclist's headphones that do this now. Because it's very good for environmental awareness, right? You're not, you can walk around the city and hear the music and hear everything else at the same time with this technology. Um, but I had this idea because... I really wanted to subvert that because what's interesting about music to me is how it's subverted and how cultures take technology and music and change it into something else. Um, you know, whether that's like, you know, hip hop using turntable as an instrument, fruit as a sample and all sorts of things. Right? Um, and I wanted to do something with that. So I had this idea what if you took those, if people were taking those stickers off and sticking them like on walls or in the inside of like subway cars and stuff like that. And suddenly it was like this audio graffiti, right? So it would use the, if you put enough of these stickers in the same place, they would create enough vibration to turn a building or a side of a building or the inside of a bus or something like that into a speaker to play music. And just, I've got to use this idea, man. I'm thinking about you it should. now. It's too good an idea. You should. It's, a good, it's idea. a good idea. It's I a good idea. Used it in, yeah. I have actually used it in a short story before like years ago, a short story I, called, I wrote called Don't Be Evil, which I can't remember, it was published in an anthology somewhere a few years ago. 
Um, and that was, and, and that technology is mentioned there, but it's not the center of the story, it's just mentioned. It's like a background thing, but it's, it's a really cool, cool idea. I will say that I think it was a testament to like how much we all respect each other that like Tim and I did get into it about this, about the music episode, but I felt like we were fine. Like it was just like, we were able to be like, and I was able to be like, Tim, I need you to like take it down a notch. And no, you were I'm, like, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still carrying a lot of resentment about it, Rose, to be honest. It's hard <laughs> for me to look at you now even. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When I'm murdered in my sleep and there's a sticker, a little headphone sticker, little sticker. I'm going to know. It's- yeah, doing a little Detroit techno loop. Exactly. Yeah. It'll leave your um, little signature. Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. It was great. That was that was really, again, going back to what we were saying in the beginning, it was just really nice about the room. It was really not hostile. And uh, especially between like the four of us, it was just, yeah, just lovely vibes. It was nice. Yeah. And I think like, you know, even the like, one or the other of us would come up with like one of the main ideas, but then everyone was very much part of kind of teasing it out and putting, you know, how does it actually work? Like we throw out these ideas and there's like, all right, now we got to work backwards from that idea to see how viable it is. Is there stuff right now that kind of speaks to that? So I think it, it really was, we all did come together and, you know, we were all able to contribute. Like, I don't, I, at least I, I mean, I felt like, I've been told not to say stuff like this, so you can cut this out if you want. <laughs> but I felt like, you know, there were times when I was just like, oh, I feel like I'm a little out of my depth here or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt that in terms of what we were doing, but I was never made to feel that way. If that made, you know, there was a difference between my own kind of imposter syndrome or, you know, insecurities or whatever coming to play in my own head. But when we all came together, it still felt like I was part of this and I could contribute. And even if I didn't come up with a big idea, I was part of like, all right, how do we tease this out? What are the small things that need to fit together for this to come together? And so like, I think that was also a really good way that you brought it all together in that way. So I just want to, this is just me being I feel like, like I feel like I've gathered you all to compliment me and yes, I'm feeling uncomfortable is, about it. This is, this is all about We've like, come Rose, to pay tribute. <laughs> Rose didn't make us hate each other or ourselves, you know. It was very that. easy. I mean, like, I do think that like we, the vibe was good and the vibe, like who knew, right? Like, it's not like, you know, we have, you never know. We haven't worked together before. Even if we, you know, there are people who I am very close friends with who I know I could like never work with, you know, like there, it doesn't, it's not a necessarily a given that just because you like a person, it's going to work out. So I definitely was very nervous. Like the first week I was like, God, what if I end up like at the end of this, like hating all of my friends? <laughs> like, um, but no, I mean, I think it was, it was easy. It felt very easy, even when it felt hard, right? Like it did feel like we always had each other's back and like nothing, there was never a moment where someone would say something and any of us would be like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, why would you, you know, I just felt very supportive. Like where like, we'd be like, okay, yeah, how would we make that work? Or like, even if we didn't, even if it like, didn't make sense. It, the first question was like, can you explain that again? Right. Can you like help me see it if I'm not seeing it? Right. As opposed to kind of just shooting people down and, and making it different. But I also think, I mean, I think all of us have probably felt out of our depth in some ways on this project because we are all new to it. Right. And so in some ways it was like, I think both a, like one of our strengths was that we did come up with stuff that like, I think that if they had found writers who'd written for TV shows about stuff in the future, probably would never have come up with the stuff that we like pulled out because they just don't like that's that's our skill, right? Is to come in and be like, we might not know TV, but we can come up with some weird shit for you. <laughs> like, you know? Um, okay, I have a couple more questions and then we can we can wrap it up. Um Okay, uh favorite idea or episode that did make it into the show we talked about stuff that that got cut but favorite thing that you're like thank god that's still in there i really like cheeseburger episode 
Is it called cheeseburger? It's called cheeseburger, cheeseburgers. Yeah. Featured cheeseburgers because it's the first one we nailed, I think. Right, and and it felt like that like we nailed it fairly quickly, which wasn't the case for a lot of the following <laughs> ones. But yeah, we were but lulled that, into a false sense of security with we that were, one. We were like, like this, this is, is going to go man. fast. Fuck it. <laughs> it, and and it was kind of like I I like that because. I I'm, I'm guess I'm saying I like that for personal reasons because, like you've just been saying, I came into this not really knowing what I was doing and you know having like imposter syndrome and stuff, and and we kind of nailed that one pretty quickly. It made me feel good, and 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 we the idea, which is pretty much in the show, right? Was, it was this opening? We always we always kicked off with like a cold open as kind of whether that was going to be in the show or not, but it's the kind of way of setting up, setting up how the episode would spe- would sort of play out and the tone of it and stuff and. It was the idea of someone just comes down in the middle of the night and, and wants a, 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 a snack. And instead of going to the fridge, they go to some other device in the room, in the kitchen, uh, which looks a bit like a fridge maybe or something. And, and they dial some, you know, tap some things on the screen and it prints them like a, a burger. It's like a food printer. And it just, it was just really nice. It just really tight and it worked really well. So I'm, I'm excited to, I have seen cuts to that, but I, haven't, I don't think I've seen the final cut of that yet. So I'm excited to see how that, how that kind of plays out and how much that's kind of, that's appearance in there. We had a lot of good ideas, man. There was, there was some good stuff in there. Yeah, I think maybe one of the weirdest ones that got through that I'm really happy that did is the death episode. That's my favorite um, too, yeah. Which I think like is... Yeah, just one of the ones where like our weirdest ideas were able to become part of it. And it's like, it is definitely like, I think it's positive, but I do think it's one of the ones that has a less like solely positive kind of note to it because it is about death. Um, I also feel very happy that for the health one, I actually don't even remember if this made it in, but like our idea was that you would like get an organ installed in you that would like give you vaccines and do all these things and then like I just saw the new David Cronenberg movie and it's kind of about that and I was like yes we totally called this before David Cronenberg (laughs) take that David Cronenberg (laughs) I think death was also my one of my favorites and um I'm really happy that the death episode is what it is I think um like like Ozzy was saying like it is about a somber topic and we, we don't have many of those and but we were able to make it kind of really um, sensitive and meaningful. I'm also ha- happy about houseplants, um, that we got to talk about them somehow. Um, it, it has like shades of, you know, dog and pets in terms of like, how do we kind of coexist and respect these other living things that we are meant to look after. That's what our role is on this earth and we don't. So how do we get to a place where we connect with them better and they connect with us better or whatever, you know, finding that symbiotic kind of um, space for these things. So those like those are the two episodes that I remember most clearly and also kind of connected with um, a lot. So, yeah. I like the death one also. I do feel like that's one of the weirder ideas that we were able to get in. Like some of the other ones, like even though I think I think cheeseburgers is like the one that we first were like, all right, we've got they're like beginning, middle and end. We know how we get from A to B to C. Like it feels tight at the same time, like, you know, cultured meat is not like the most like surprising idea, which isn't to say it's not like interesting or good, but like the death one. And I almost don't want to say like what it is because I want people to watch it i guess because there is the idea of the death one is one that i don't feel like people are gonna have seen before or thought about before so i do really like that um i think that one is interesting um 
there are little moments in, in a lot of them where like it's, you know, I sort of feel like I can hear us. Like I can hear our like, remember, like, you know, like like a little weird, like angel on our shoulder kind of version of, of us in the show. Um because right, like, you know, by the nature of the project, like we didn't write the episodes, like we gave them the treatments and we gave them what we think they should talk about. But the actual words on the page, right, we did not write. And so there are moments, you know, we've given feedback, right? We saw cuts, we gave feedback on the scripts and stuff. But there are definitely moments in the show where like if we were writing it, we would have phrased it differently or like maybe said things a different way. Um, and I mean, not, I don't think there's anything that's like horrifically egregious we did give notes and things that we were like please don't say that you know like or whatever but just like the tone of it right if we had written it it would be slightly different which is sort of the nature of, of the project um but there are moments where I can like hear us and then those are really satisfying that like I can't even, I don't even know if I could tell you one specifically like right now off the top of my head but when you watch it if you if you guys watch the show um at the end you'll hear moments where you're like "Ooh, that's us <laughs> you know that we did that that's, that's definitely our part I think it's also cool that like, you know, all of us think about a a lot of people when I talk to them about like the effects of technology in society and stuff, people think that I'm against technology and I'm not like, I think it's really great. I think it can help us a lot. And I think, you know, all of us are kind of in that space and this gave us an opportunity to kind of show examples of how tech can be good um, given certain, of course, given certain like, you know, the world being a certain way and everything. But it was fun to kind of be like, you know what? yes, we can use technology for this and it can be used in this cool way um, and to, to have those out there, right? Like to, to be able to do that as well instead of just being like, tech bad, yeah. this bad, you know? Like, cause I spend a lot of my time trying to type, talk, talk to people and be like, no, this is really not good what you're doing. This is not gonna be good in the future. Um, but it's nice to have had the opportunity to be like, here's how it could be good in the future. Um, so it was, it was a good exercise to kind of do that with my mind instead of just being like a negative Nelly, um, to also be just like a positive poly, I guess. I don't know. I'm just making things up now. We all like forced us a lot. I think it forced us out of our comfort zone, all of us a little bit to kind of be like, okay, if we want to talk about X, like how do we get there while also kind of bringing us back out at the end? And like, that was a fun puzzle yeah. that we solved collectively. Very much so. Yeah. The last question I was going to ask you all is like, if you had to pick like one thing you learned from this project that you feel like was useful that you're taking forward you know, with you. Um, cause mine is a lot about like less even about the sort of specific episodes or topics that we did and more just like, you know, learning a bit of the like internal like, politics and machinations of how these, how shows come together. And I, I think it's fair to say that this show was a bit unusual, which I won't get into the way that it came together and the sort of process was, I've been told by people like the showrunners and stuff was not, quite normal, but I think the number of people who have their hands in a show is really a lot higher than any other time. And it's often about strategic collaborations and you do need to kind of like get the buy-in of everybody and you kind of have to learn how to speak the language of the different partners who come from really different backgrounds. Like a lot of us, I think, are used to talking to like other editors or journalists or people who like are in our world and kind of speak the same language. And, uh, you know, talking to like Netflix executives is a different thing, right? And like the conversations we have and the the things they want to hear and the like, you know, it's just different. And I learned a lot about that, about like how to go into those meetings and like make sure that I'm like representing our team well and like making sure that it's clear like what we're doing and why we're doing it and, you know, get them on the same page. Um, but also like 
and I'm not naturally very good at the politicking side of a lot of this and sort of trying to kind of learn that game, figuring out who your allies are, figuring out like who wants what, what game people are playing, like all that stuff was really interesting. But I will say that um, I still hear from the folks at 21 Laps and the folks at Netflix about how much they loved the work that y'all did and we did together, which was very nice to hear. And um, I've, I've heard from them since that like they want there, we may be getting more emails about working with them again and stuff like that. So, um, uh, we, we did good. We, <laughs> um, okay. Things you learned that you're taking forward with you and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. You know, in, in talking about stuff, I think we, we touched on some of this, but I, I do think that being forced to move forward from constantly thinking about the negative outcomes of where we are now to like start thinking about like how do we move forward from there that was really useful for me um because i like i said i do tend to get kind of down on stuff and down on people and it's nice to have been a have the space to practice moving forward from that especially in the work that i'm doing like the films that i made and everything are very dire right like because I'm pointing, I'm trying to get people to think about like how things that are happening now are going to be bad for you. Please listen. Um, but then now I can be like this and then, but when it does get bad, we can do this, right? You know, like trying to bring that back into a hopeful space, which has been really hard to do. And it's hard during a pandemic. It's hard during, you know, the climate crisis. It's hard, you know, looking at where the world is right now to imagine hope. And I think um, Mariam Kaba says like hope is, I, it, hope is a discipline, I think yeah. is what she said. Yeah. yeah. And so like really, this made me embody that in a way that I, I wasn't, I, I hadn't done before. And I, like, I need to remind myself of that. And I think it's useful to do it that way because those of us who think about this stuff deeply and think about wanting a future that's, you know, a real Star Trek future, because everyone thinks about Star Trek as a tech and it's not. When you watch Star Trek from, from episode one, season one of all of them, they're like, there's no money. We are anti-capitalist. There's no prison. Like, what do you, you know, like when if you really look at it, that's what those shows are about. It's about being socially progressive and forward and the tech happens. It's kind of fun, right? So it's it's nice to be able to kind of be like, yes, let's, let's work towards that. And I, I really appreciate that we were all there and did that together. And yeah, and I hope this show helps people do that. Like understand that things are bad, but we can make them better, but we can't forget that things are bad, right? We can't, we can't forget that part. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rose, Rose, I apologize in advance for Sava's comment about there not being any prisons in Star Trek. Because there are, and you're going to get are. lots of comments on your Patreon page about, well, actually in, <laughs> in series three, the brig, put them in the brig. The brig. Yeah, <laughs> it's a whole prison planet in Star Trek, man. That, that's where that guy's. Anyway, let's stop talking about Star Trek. Um, I was just gonna say that's like a really great place to end. Like, I feel like I can't add anything onto that. <laughs> so, Star Trek prison planet. That's where we're yeah, <laughs> where we all end up after your fans of after your supporters have, have watched the show. That's where we'll be. We'll be in a metaphorical. Yeah, that will all be cancelled and end up in Star Trek jail. <laughs> as long as I'm with you guys. <laughs> so true. That's, actually, that's what I'll say. I think this project did teach me a lot about the value of like having a good team of people to work with, where even like a lot of the outside forces we were dealing with were in conflict with each other and with us. And we were often caught in the middle in this weird way. But like, I did always feel like we were kind of on the same page about what we were trying to do. And like that 
like Rose speaking for us, like you would sort of represent all of our needs and like conflicting views in a way that would like get everyone's wants across to them. Um, and that was really nice. It was great to just like hang out with y'all and get paid for that. So thank you all for joining us. This was so fun. Um, I do miss, I deeply miss our Zooms where we yell about President Dog. I do Dog. too. I do. Yeah. We'll have great. to do this more. Um, and then also yeah. in the show notes for this bonus podcast, I'll link to everybody's work, books, films, et cetera, et cetera. So if y'all are not already familiar with Tim and Sava's work uh, and Aussie stuff too, we'll be in there. So um, yay. Okay. I'm going to stop this recording. Okay, that is it for today's bonus podcast. I hope you are all having a lovely week. You're going to hear something special in the main Flash Forward feed next week. And then there'll be a bonus thing associated with that, but I won't give anything away. Um, but yeah, I'll be in your ears again soon. Okay, bye.